So today we're going to talk about the fact that the healer lives in you. Amen. The healer lives in you. Amen. Now, if you you have a house like I have a house, you're not real anxious for that house to be taken away from you, are you? And you want to keep that house in good condition because it serves you. And I believe that's the way God feels about us because we are the temple of God. We are his dwelling place. And so he's not real quick to let us drop dead or nothing, let us be sick from anything or anything because he's not looking for a new place to move out to. You got me? He wants to live in us forever. And he wants our temples to be kept uh, clean, to be kept holy, to be kept in good working order. Uh, in peace and in wholeness, he wants everything for us. Uh, look at your your uh, yourself as a place where God lives, and think about what you think about where you. Well, no, let me don't let me say that. No, let me let me back that up and say if you were a perfect person, what you would think about your house. Amen. Because I know we got folk that like their house and folk that like their house. You know what I'm saying? So God wants his temple in good working condition. Amen. Praise God. Can I get an amen? Amen. So you've just been found out. Hey, we know that all along, so let's just keep it moving, all right? So just say, I'll owe me, uh, repent, and look at it again. Amen. But God wants to keep us in good condition, in excellent condition, because we are his dwelling place. Amen. And he wants his dwelling place to be whole. It is a reflection of him. Where you live is a reflection of you, reflection of your values, your your uh, net worth, as they say, as far as property is concerned. All of that, it, it reflects on who you are. And so God has provided everything that we need to keep the temple in tip-top working condition. And I'm not talking about going to your little gym and your little spa and your little this and your little that. Amen. I'm talking about keeping in the word, keeping strong, keeping your spirit strong, understanding that your spirit is the real you. Amen. This outer man is perishing. You know, we use the word to slap it in shape. Uh, you know, when you see it's kind of like going downhill or something like that, we start, we lomo getting that word, don't we? Dive over in that word. You get a little ache or a little pain that you can't rebuke real quick. Uh, you pull out your old healing tapes and you even go dig up Brother Hagen on YouTube and all that kind of good stuff. Why? Because we know it's the word that keeps us strong. That's the real you is your spirit. Now, if you really thought your outer man was the real you, you'd spend more time. But saints don't really have confidence in that outer man thing. Now, you see these uh, sinners, you know, they want to know the new protein powder or the new colon cleanse, amen, and all that kind of stuff. You know, when, when you're a sinner, you think you're dirty all the time. I know I did until God cleaned me up. So they always looking for something to clean themselves out with and blow the colon out and all that kind of crazy stuff. But we don't live like that. 
when you when something's wrong in your little temple the first thing you want to do is talk to god about it now you might run to that doctor for a hot minute but something on the inside of you will jerk you up and tell you now wait a minute this ain't the way to get this done you know god has healing for you and so you always must give respect to the healer that lives inside of you john 14 if you'll turn there it talks about the relationship that god has with the believer in 14:20, it says at that day you shall know that i am in my father and you are in me and i am in you he that has my commandments and keeps them he it is that loves me and he that loves me shall be loved of my father and i will love him and i will manifest or make myself known or make myself real to him see the lord says that because he and the father are one and he lives in us everything that the father has belongs to us and we have access to it through the lord jesus christ amen so we have swift access to the things of god you're not waiting on god to bring you anything god's already here amen and he brought his stuff with him so how do we tap into god's stuff well the only thing you need to do is understand that god sends his word to heal us and to help us everything that god does is word-based and so the first thing you do to activate the healer within you is to look to his word not to what the doctor said and think about that for three months and six months and run here there and everywhere but look first to the word of god why would you seek a man for healing when the healer lives inside you amen Amen? you're going in the wrong direction many times we leave where we are in this realm of the spirit and go seeking things in the natural just bring yourself right back on inside and say lord forgive me for running around looking here on the outside for everything because the healer lives on the inside of me amen and you activate your healing by faith in his word so whenever the word enters healing comes psalm 107 20 if you want to write that down he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions amen if if paying attention to your symptoms is causing destruction he'll deliver you from that trust me you get sick of that after a while and and be delivered from it you only need to touch the healer if you look at luke uh, 8 34 you see the woman with the issue of blood turn there real quick for you luke 8 chapter 43 verse 43 i think it is a woman having an issue of blood 12 years now she went to doctors first god does not mind you getting wore out as long as you come to daddy that's all that matters to him amen just like your parents you parents who are you know sometimes you fall out with your kids they want to go the way of the world and you want them to go god's way but when they come home amen you drop everything and embrace them because you're just glad that they're home and so god wants us to to come home to him for the things that we need so this lady went everywhere and tried to get healed now my feeling is she's like many people who are not in a healing church 
not in a healing atmosphere. You don't know anything about healing except what you've been exposed to. There are many people who go to churches where they never have an altar call. They have a lot of offerings. But um, um, but anyway, you understand what I'm saying. That 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 just the ritual of going through helping people is not really church. You got me. Church is where you come, where you can get help. My goodness, you can't get help in the place where you worship. Where are you gonna go? And so this lady, because she was still bleeding, she couldn't. She was ceremonially unclean. She couldn't go to the temple, and and even ask the temple priest to to uh to uh pray for her so she could be healed they had a covenant of healing then which was by faith so if you can't be in a place where the word goes forth to assure you of healing you won't get healed just a thought something to think about and so there she was she had no choice almost but to resort to physicians and so she she wasn't healed and and they couldn't heal her she came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stopped. So she touched him, and immediately healing virtue. One one uh, uh, account of this same the same incident says that Jesus felt power go out of him into her. Anytime you touch God in faith, power goes out of him into you. So the healer that lives inside of you, you can touch him anytime you want to, and the power will go out of him into you. He's there full of power all the time. you got to get that power transferred over into you by faith, by accessing it through faith. And so she, she touched his garment, and immediately her blood stopped. And it said, one, one account says, because she said within herself, she said within herself, it's important what you tell you. you know, people go crazy about what somebody else says to them. Well, they call me this and they call me that and they say I can't do this and I can't do what, what do you say to you? The devil's always going to use another voice to try to influence you, especially against yourself. But what is the most important thing is what are you saying to you? about the healer who lives within you if you're saying if i can just touch him i will be made whole if i can reach out in my faith and touch god i will be made whole if i can just do this i will be made whole you set the conditions for your own healing don't keep putting it off you know if you're if god really lives in you and you believe that you know, you should have discussion with him. Lord, I'm going to touch you today and I'm going to receive my healing today. I'm going to get off these pills. I'm going to get off everything else. I'm going to get off this and get off that crutch. And I'm, I'm going to receive what I need from you today. That should be your daily confession. Give, this, give me this day my daily bread. Amen. Healing is the children's bread. Amen. And so Jesus, uh, uh, she, she touched him. And he said in verse 48, be of good comfort, your faith has made you whole. So it was the touch of faith that made her whole. And it's the touch of faith that makes us whole. Amen. So we always touch him by faith in his word. Amen. 
We have to use the Abraham brand of faith. No other brand will do. Uh, What's the Abraham brand of faith? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So you have to believe God to the point of faith righteousness. You can't be casually checking in with him and see what he say about this. You have to put all the marbles in the game. You know how we do sometimes. We hold out a little something for plan B. If God don't do it, well, he's done it already. That's why many people don't get anything. We waiting for him to do something he's already done. Huh? The Abraham brand of faith. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Let me see what else I had down here. To, I have so much sometimes to talk about. I just get so excited. Amen. Now, the Abraham brand of faith, if you'll turn to Romans chapter 4, you'll see what that does. Romans chapter 4. Abraham had this faith before he circumcised himself. So what that means is that you're going you're gonna to encounter, every believer does, everybody does, you're going to encounter this competition between works and grace that comes through faith. They compete for one another in the minds of individuals. So there are corresponding actions to your faith because faith itself is an act. It must be acted upon. God don't believe you believe him until you do something with your faith. You got me? It must move you from point A to point B, point B being closer to God. Point A just being the, the, the dormant place of, of believing in your heart and in your mind and then point b means you get up and move toward that thing that you're believing let me tell you why you got to make that move because staying put where you are means that you have faith in the natural and where you are right now if you don't move out in faith and have a corresponding action to your faith you are saying i got my confidence in where i am right now and i'm not going anywhere Refusing to move out in faith moves that you have confidence in the natural where you are right now. Understand? You make a statement with your faith. That faith, your faith is in something. You got to take it out of what you've been believing and put it in God for this to work for you. So there's a two faiths. There's a natural faith and then there's a supernatural faith. Your natural faith focuses on what you see, hear, feel, touch, taste. If you get up in the morning and you feel stiffness or pain, you focus on that. Trust me, tomorrow morning you're going to be looking for that. So what that means is that your faith is invested now in the natural. What you feel. The more you look for it, guess what? 
more is going to show up. Because we have that kind of faith. See, when you were a sinner, your faith didn't have that kind of power. It's been ignited now, supernaturally as well. So while you put your eyes on something or you put your feelings on something, your heart is telling you that's what's real. And then your supernatural born-again heart has the ability to bring that to pass too. You got me? So it allows it to stay there, not just stay there, but it's going to get worse over time. Because that's what you're looking for. Wonder what this is. Wonder what's causing this. I wonder where this came from. You keep wondering, 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 and you begin to make that more real through meditating on it. So whatever you meditate on, and it used to be you could, if you were just a natural person, you'd go take an aspirin or three aspirin or ten aspirin, whatever y'all take for the, you know, Amen. <laughs> the Motrin, whatever's new on the TV, and put your natural man faith in that, and that pain would go away. And you'd be running, ooh, that Motrin took it. Y'all, girl, you better get you some Motrins now. You go, them, them things is good, you know. You go singing the praises of Motrin. But see, because we're, our, our spirits are born again by the Spirit of God, there's more power to what you believe now. There would have to be. Because if, if you have the power to make that thing go away by trusting God and believing in his word, amen, then you have the power to make the opposite stay. And that's how some things get carted out of here. You got me? That supernatural, there's something about the faith of God. Once your spirit is ignited, there's a different dimension of power, a different dimension of believability, both for the good and the, and the bad. So that's why you got to watch what you believe, because you have the power to make that thing stay on you just because you're focused on it and your expectation begins to be for it to be there tomorrow and get worse. So you got to watch yourself when you're born again. you got to stay honest to the word of God. you got to stay faithful to the word of God. And once you engage God in, in making you better, healing you, getting something going in your life, it's best to stay engaged and divorce yourself from the, the things of what you see, touch, taste, and hear. That's the Abraham brand of faith in a nutshell. So if you, you're on Romans chapter 4, uh, in verse 13, it says here, For the promise that he should be heir of the world. Now most of the things we're believing God for are not that spectacular. You believe in him for a bill to be paid on time. You believe in him for a little overtime so you can pay some unexpected bills. You believe in him for mostly things that are have a natural root, but you want him to help that. You know, say, for instance, if you, you have a job, you want your pay to be good. You want an increase. Those are normal, natural things that people can believe God for. But when God told Abraham, you're going to inherit the whole world. That's a pretty big, now that's something to make you back up and wonder if you heard right. Amen. But the Bible says Abraham did not stagger 
How's that happen? You know, mostly, you look at the people who came after him. Like, for instance, Moses. When God told Moses that he was going to use him to uh, um, lead the Israelite people out of there, Moses came up with all kind of, no, not me. Couldn't be me. You might, you got the wrong guy. You know who I am. You know where I came from. Right. That's what we do. Your natural man tends to fight the word of God. But God says he strives with us. Amen. In fact, he says he will not strive with man forever. So he does contend with us some. And you thank him for that. Thank him that he's willing to keep impressing you with his word and impressing you with his word and impressing you with his word. And that's what he did to Abraham. He came back over and over and over again to visit Abraham. Remember all them visits? They weren't just dropping in to see how he was. Those were visits that were timed and planned to help Abraham hold on to the promise of God. Every time God says the same thing over to you, it's because he's reminding you of his promise. Amen. Don't ever play prophecy cheap. You know, people say, it's just a con. What do you mean just a confirmation? I'd live to have the word confirmed to me. I don't know what you're talking about. I want to know that God meant what he said and that he's still going to do it after all and cut up and acted up and got stupid and all this kind of stuff. Is he still going to? Yeah, I want the word of God confirmed. I don't know what you. That's something you hold on to. A confirmation is precious. Anything from God is precious. See, we go to God as saints. Let me tell you what people have when they do that. That's a fortune telling spirit they got on them. Well, if you said it, repent. I repent. You got me? Because fortune, people who get fortunes didn't like the last thing they heard. They want to hear something different this time. That's all that is. You're not looking to prophecy to get the word edified in you and get it built up in you. And understand that every time you get in the presence of of people in the world, whatever God's deposited in you, it's been washed out by them conversations you listen to and what people say and what they tell you, all that kind of crazy stuff. You need the word of God spoken over and over to you. Huh? And you know you need it. You tell on yourself because what's the first thing we we think when we haven't, haven't gotten the promise yet? Oh, wonder what's taking so long. Or what did I do wrong? Huh? Oh, I didn't confess the word enough. That's your main, your main drawback for why, why it's taking so long. So we all know we need the word confirmed to us. So don't try to play with that. Anytime God is willing to reiterate what he said the last time, he's telling you, look, I have not changed my mind. What you did yesterday is forgiven, and I'm not holding anything against you. You can still have what you say, so keep saying it. Amen. So Abraham, God told him he would be heir of the whole world. And he said, not only to Abraham, but to his seed. But not his seed through the law, that is the Jewish people, natural descendants, but through those who would take on his same brand of faith, that's righteousness that comes through faith in God. 
So righteousness takes God at his word and does not doubt him. Amen. You must take him at his word and not let natural situations interfere or come in there and void the word. He says, for they which are of the law are heirs, then faith is made of none effect. So your faith is bogus if acts of obeying God are going to take precedence over that. You can't work your way into this. That's why you. Uh, that's why I tell people. I said, quit asking yourself why you you don't have something yet, because God is living in you. He's directing you every day towards your promise. You got to believe that. If you're not closer today, it's not His fault. You got to believe you're closer today than you ever were to what God has promised you. You have to believe that. I was I was speaking with somebody recently a couple you know i know them from from facebook and uh, we were talking and uh she was saying she texted me a message on there you know I'm, i've been sick for x number of years now my husband's sick too and we have a kid that's not doing very well and and all of this and we keep asking god what are we doing wrong and I want to tell her, well, the devil is the one that's making you ask that, and he'd give you a bunch of stuff. Because he'd give me a bunch of stuff when I say, what am I doing wrong? You'll come with 12, a list of 12 things you ain't. No, that ain't God. If it's God, he'll tell you one thing's holding you up. But see, he let us do that dance and play around with it because we're not going to stop until we get tired. And so I was explaining to her faith and faith righteousness. And then all of a sudden, this picture came up in my mind, and I had mentioned to her, I said, listen, faith takes you forward, not backwards. I said, if you did something wrong, there's nothing you can do to fix it. What you going to, you know, uh, 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 the little thing they used to, you know, little kids step on a crack, break your mother's back. You want to go back and uh, hop over them cracks and don't step on them. You can't do that with sin. You can't do that with spiritual truths. You have to get something bigger than you to get rid of that. If it's something in your past that, that's hindering you, you got to get something bigger than you to get rid of it. Because you can't get rid of that. And I told her, I said, that you must believe that when you confess your sins, she said, yeah, we confess our sins. I said, well, you got to believe he's faithful to forgive you. And cleanse you and all you need to do is start going forward in God. Amen. And so this picture popped in my mind and I told her, I said, go get your husband. I said, the two of you, I said, we get fin- we're going to pray. We get finished with this phone conversation. God told me to tell you, you and your husband, start, look forward and walk backwards and see how far you get. I said, and when you start laughing, I said, you're delivered from that bondage of condemnation of thinking you did something wrong so she sent me a little text my husband and i did that and we left we said how foolish we try to go forward and we're looking but i can't see back there i said yeah because there's nothing back there to see amen he's gotten rid of it amen praise god haven't heard from her again so when you don't hear from people they're doing good you got it <laughs> praise god so, and God is good. He doesn't want us searching around. I wonder what's keeping this from going forward. You 
just get to stepping huh confess get forgiven and get to getting amen get to stepping so abraham and abraham was able to do that he he made mistakes in his life we don't know if they were deliberate or not because we don't know his heart but god doesn't care he forgives you anyway amen if you knowingly sin he forgives you anyway amen you have to go you have to have enough confidence in the blood amen some people get a little testy with god you know want to get a little little uh out of out of the pocket and all that kind of stuff don't do that allow yourself to be led by god you know fight the temptation to step out there and do things on your own so he says the law works wrath that's verse 15 for where the law is there's no transgression therefore it's a faith in other words the law was doomed to be done away with with the penalties and all that stuff it was doomed to be done away with why it was weak through the flesh so faith in your flesh faith in the natural faith in what you see hear touch taste is weak faith i'm gonna say it again faith in what you see feel touch hear taste is weak faith by bible definition the bible says that the old covenant was done away with because it was weak having to be carried out in the flesh anything that's carried out in your flesh is weak anything carried out by the spirit is strong and you've got to understand you don't trade in weakness for strength once you start out in the spirit you're not made perfect by the flesh you're not completed in the flesh the flesh weakens what you do i know sometimes people say well i'm just gonna do this real quick huh cutting corners you'll never know what strong faith is if you keep doing that you'll never have the faith you need to move that mountain out of your way if you keep doing that it's always going to be weak because it's dependent on a weak source and that is the natural realm imagine this everything that here that you're sitting on that you're touching and so forth will disappear one day to be supplanted by what what's standing on god's word amen so whatever is built on god's word will last forever things that are built in the natural will pass away and so he says therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace for this reason that the promise might be sure to everybody not everybody knows the law and can work the law but everybody can believe god that's how people get saved that we put our faith in what god has done for us and not we we're good people we don't hurt anybody we don't lie we don't not much we don't cheat we're not much we don't well you know we just natural we know i uh-uh, know you put your confidence in god because your faith is strong when you do that and he says here to the for the the purpose or the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed not only to that which is of the law that is the jewish people but also that which is by the faith of abraham so the jew has to believe like abraham did in order to partake of the grace of god who is the father of us all as it is written 
I have made thee a father of many nations. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. This is what God told Abraham when he was a hundred years old. He said, I have made you the father of many nations. In other words, this is already done, Abraham. Are you going to believe me or not? That's the only thing that's holding us this train up is whether or not you believe I have already made you that. Now, if Abraham believed that God had yet to do something for him, he would be thinking about, oh boy, I'm old. Oh boy, Sarah's never been able to conceive. Oh boy. No, he, he had to believe what God said the way he said it. Now that's the key for us. You've got to believe what God says the way he says it. Why? Because that's what agreement is. Your covenant is already written. All you're doing is agreeing with what God says already. When you agree, you can't. What we do most of the time is argue with him. Well, God, if I'm healed, see, that's an argument. If I'm healed, why do I feel like this? If I'm healed, why do the doctors tell me so and so? If I'm healed, why does my uh, why does my uh, X-ray look? If I'm healed, what's my why does my MRI have that? If I'm healed, why did my biopsy? If I'm healed, if I'm healed, you're arguing with him. Yes. What what covenant is is you have to agree with what's already written in the covenant. You don't think God already knows everything you're going to need from the You think this is a shock to him, what we face every You think he doesn't know? Like he's up there trying to figure out, oh, God, how do I help him? Oh, oh, oh I am God. Oh, is it? You understand what? How do I help him? He's not doing that. He already knows. He knows the end at the beginning. So he knows the end of your story before you even get into your story. Before you get to the juicy parts, he knows the the end already he says i have made you a father i've done it already abraham before him whom he believed even god who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they are so when you agree with god you don't ask him to heal you you call yourself healed because that's what he calls you he calls you that and treats you like you are that already before you receive it. And he does it so that you have something real to step into. If he's going to heal you, that's a maybe. You want to step into something firm. You want to step into something sure. You want to step into something that's established. And so that's why he calls those things that be not as though they are. He acts just like it's real before it's real. Now, if that weren't true, they wouldn't have tried to kill Jesus when he was a baby. He was the king of glory when he was born. 
Amen. Even though that identity was hidden, but all hell knew it because God had that stamp on him when he was born. He said this and so he called him that before he walked through everything that established it. Amen. So all we're doing with our faith is walking through things to get it established in the natural so we can live it out. Amen. And so God tells us faith calls those things that are not as though they are. That's why you call yourself healed all the time. I don't care how you feel. Your healing doesn't depend on your feeling. Your healing depends on God and what he says. You call yourself wealthy when you're still struggling to try and pay bills. Why? Because that's what he calls you. Amen. He calls you the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. He calls you prosperous and successful. Long before you ever experience in the natural. And you have to call yourself that. You can't be sitting up there and every time something goes wrong or doesn't go your way. You're upset and wondering uh, what to do next. Amen. You have to get back into faith and call yourself something while you're not yet materialized in that. You call yourself that be not as though you are. And so faith is a spirit that dwells in the heart of man. And we want to activate supernatural strong faith and not natural weak faith. Abraham did this and we have a better covenant than he had. So it can be carried out no matter what the covenant is. Faith in God is ageless and it is timeless. And so faith in God is faith in God and will bring you the same results. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 4:20 to 22 to attend to the word. That means pay attention to the word and the word only. You cannot look at other things other than what the word says and get the results that God got. So, I mean, that Abraham got. So what we're trying to do is keep ourselves in strong faith and not put ourselves back over in weak faith. Weak faith has to do with what's going on in the natural. Strong faith has to do with God and what God can do. Not what we can do or what we can have if we do this, 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 and this. You know, our little list of, you know, things that we are, you know, oh, you got to check this out. And if you're guilty of this, you can't have it and all this. No, it just has faith in what God says. You let God take care of all the little minute details. Amen. He takes care of them much better than we do. And so we only have to believe one thing and one thing only. And Abraham found this out. He says, God quickens the dead by calling those things that be not as though they are. And so Abraham, what God told Abraham to do or he instructed him to do. And this is something that we we all do as a, a corresponding action to our faith. God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to give so you so many descendants. They're going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the grains of sand on the seashore. Amen. And so 
Abraham, when he says he believed God and God counted it him as righteousness, what he did was he believed everything. He said, oh, those are all my kids up there. And when he looked down at the ground, those are all my kids down there. Those are my descendants. And that's all he did was focused on what God told him and not on the deadness of his body, the deadness of Sarah's womb. Every time he started thinking about how old he was, he said, those are my kids up there and those are my kids down there. And he believed God and the Bible says God counted him as righteousness. He did this over a span of we know at least 15 or 20 years. It had to have been that long because they had a son, Ishmael. Now, when they talk about uh, uh, Abraham uh, believing God, calling those things that be not as though they are. So that's how he called things that be not as though they are. He said, those are my kids up there. Those are my kids down there. I am a father of many nations. And that's all he believed. It says here, who against hope, against natural hope. God does not care if you're too old to conceive. That was your hope when your faith was weak. I see every, every, all the people who are over 40 and 50 getting nervous now. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I'm trying to help somebody here. Huh? See, his, his, they already had a natural hope baby. At least Abraham did. Most people in here have natural hope babies. Amen? And so what God is looking for is supernatural hope people. Hey, I like this guy. Huh? Y'all dealing in weak faith. God is looking for something, somebody with strong faith who can hope against hope. Huh? Don't look at him like that. No, you look all you want to. So you, no, no, no. Y'all look all y'all want to. That ain't, that ain't my business. My business is my business. Huh? But that's what God looks for. Now, your your hope against hope may not be in that particular area, but he's looking for strong faith all the time, folks. He's looking for a hope against hope. Huh? He's looking for that one who still believes in God and, and confessing the right thing out of their heart. Huh? That old rascal been gone for 35 years, but he's coming back. You understand what I'm saying? It's a hope against hope. I know he old and pruney. I know you don't want to see him. I know, you know, all that stuff. But you're hoping against a whole heap of hope. You got me? Sometimes it's our attitude toward things. Huh? Well, it's been so long, I don't want it no more. Huh? Been over there ripping and running. Who knows what he been doing over there? (laughs) How'd he survive without me bossing him around? (laughs) Hey! I don't know how he made it. Say amen, son. 
Praise the Lord. But he was not weak in faith. Now where did that strong faith come from? Where did it come from? Because see, we look at this and it says he was not weak, being not weak in faith. He hoped against hope, being not weak in faith. He considered not his own body. Now see, we look at that and we think he got this strong faith out of nowhere. Because you can't put it together the right way, the way it happens in life, if you read it that way. It says here, and being not weak in faith, and you think, oh, he's got strong faith from somewhere. Where to get it? See, this is where we get left in a dilemma sometimes. We think the Abraham brand of faith is something that comes we don't know how, but all of a sudden it turned up strong and he had a baby when he was 100. Or Sarah had it and he was the father. You got me? But it really, the way it goes is this. He considered not his own body now dead when it was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. And that's what made him not weak in faith. See, he didn't have strong faith first and then not consider things. He didn't consider them, and the more he considered not, the stronger his faith got. So the Bible says he didn't consider anything except what God called, but what God told him, and that's what made his faith strong. You stay focused on one thing and see if you don't get stronger in your believing on that thing. Huh? That's how you got your girlfriend. He just, <laughs> what's she going to do to me? <laughs> what's she know that I ain't told her? <laughs> you focused on it. You weren't saying I'm going to play the field. and You focused on that one person, right? I, I ain't, this ain't a confessional. You know, he done got Catholic all of a sudden. I mean, he's like, Right. Oh, quit sweating back there. It's all right. Praise the Lord. But that's how you, you obtain anything you want. You focus on it. Huh? And you got that from your mama. See, your daddy ain't here for, for me to tell the testimony. But when we were in the little church where we started, Miss Nola was always coming up to me and Shirley. <laughs> we praying for my husband to come back. And she stayed laser focused on that. And I would look at Pastor Shirley and say, there that little girl is again <laughs> talking about her husband. And, she, yeah, and that brother slid on back up in there. Amen. Praise God. You don't care how you get it as long as you get it. But you can't consider They don't love me. They got somebody else. They got this. They ain't got nothing. You understand what I'm saying? Nothing that God can't remove and put you in that spot where you belong. He called you together before the foundation of the earth. You can't let nobody take your spot. Praise God. 
I know it's not romantic, but save that for later. Save that for the honeymoon. For the after party, whatever y'all call it these days. I don't know what you did. Anyway, it says, now listen. He considered not his own body. Weak faith considers your body. You got to understand that. Weak faith considers what the doctor says. Weak faith considers the lab report. Weak faith considers the lump that you feel. Weak faith considers what your MRI says and what the doctor says is incurable. Weak faith considers those things. Strong faith refuses to take it into consideration. So when you make your plans, Abraham made plans to be a father when he was 99 years old. And that's all he made plans for. His faith, the more he considered not what he brought to the table. Weak faith always considers what you bring to the table. And it's always going to be a deficit. It's not going to be a plus. Whenever you consider yourself, you're lamenting the fact that God has not given it to you yet. And you're wondering what you can do to help him to bring it to pass. I haven't prayed enough. I haven't read my word enough. No, you're considering the wrong thing. You got yourself focused on your deficits instead of God's strength. God can override anything, anytime, except your decision to believe him. You just decide to believe him and stick with that no matter what happens. Amen? No matter what happens in between. So Abraham, it says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Weak faith, he'd already produced something by weak faith. He produced Ishmael. Ishmael is a product of considering your own body. It's a product of weak faith. Ishmael is a product of you thinking God isn't able to do it and you got to help him. Huh? Weak faith is a product of anxiety thinking it's taken too long. Oh, Abraham's kind of like, well, dang, if I wait much longer, I ain't going to be able to have no kids. That's the natural hope. So they produce Ishmael and God uh, disinherits him. He tells him, uh-uh, that ain't what I wanted for you. Huh? We got a lot of Ishmaels. Stuff you bought on credit. All excited about it. Instead of asking God. Father, I would really like to have this. No, don't worry about it. I can do this one myself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A lot of stuff sitting up. Listen, I got so much stuff in my house. Now, you can't tell me God brought all this stuff in here. Because I would ask you, why would he do that? Half of it I don't wear, can't wear, forget it's in the closet, don't go back that far. Them walk-in closets, you never get to the back of them. 
Huh? People think they are wonderful. Yeah, trust me. If you don't have one, trust me. Everybody's got a closet. And then some of us have those those closets. Huh? Then you got a basement. Then you got an outbuilding. And then you got a pot. You got me? That's stuff they back up in your yard. Just for those of you who live in the realm of the overflow continually. Huh? So we all the time helping God. If we live by faith, we'd be richer, smarter, feeling better, less worried, everything. Because we'd be content in God. See, this discontent that we have when we're trusting God is something we got to get over, folks. The time element. The I'm not getting any younger element. I'm going to be too old to enjoy it element. Huh? You enjoy it. You just enjoy it sitting down. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? From a different vantage point. And so it says here, he considered not his own body, now dead or unable to reproduce, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he at one time considered his own body as being full of strength, but Sarah's womb was dead, and that's what produced Ishmael. God said, you're taking her along for the ride with you. Huh? And that's where the phrase ball and chain came from. My husband used to use it all the time. Huh? Oh, no, I think I was, I looked at over in my crib and she was there. She's always been there. Huh? People say, how long have you been married? Ah, I was in my crib and I think I looked over and she was there. She's always there. Ball and chain. You know what I'm But he expects you. See, when you're called, he sees you as a package deal. Husband, wife, future husband, future wife. Whoever's with you now, they're considered in the blessing. He can't leave Sarah out of the blessing. But while when he finally wakes up to the fact that Sarah's included in the blessing, he's too old. Does that stop the blessing? You have to consider not, folks. You have to get yourself in a position where you don't honor natural things. You can't honor what the doctors say and be supernaturally healed by God. You can't honor your symptoms and be naturally healed by God. You can't coddle yourself and be supernaturally healed by God. You've got to consider only what his word says. And he says here he didn't consider any of those things. You can't consider what you bring to the table because your best baby is weak. You understand what I'm saying? Your best is not good enough to bring that thing in the way God wants to do it. And in order to prove it to Abraham, he crippled him too so that he couldn't bring anything to the table. He had to say, God, is only going to happen if you do it. You got me? And that's what we have to depend on. God, it's only going to happen if you do it. I can't do it. I'm too old. I'm too weak. I'm too whatever, whatever. I cannot do it. 
and I've got to depend on you. And once you take you out of the picture, keep yourself out. Because we do the yo-yo. Tomorrow, today we're feeling spiritual and we're out of the picture and tomorrow we're right back in again. Huh? It's the truth. Huh? God, you're going to do this. I know you're going to do this. I know he over there talking to somebody else on the phone. Let me call real quick. Or the old one when we were the new Christians. God, send me a token for good. You already got one. You get in your Bible. That's your biggest token. Don't be playing me like that. Huh? And you know God would send it to us when we were young in faith. We've been at it too long now to play them, them fleecing games. Fleece is wet. The fleece is dry. The fleece is wet and dry. Huh? Don't be fleecing God. He's looking for somebody with strong faith to give him glory. It says here, verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Anytime you stagger at the promises of God, it's because you don't believe. Now, it's not through unbelief and you could stagger for another reason. That ain't it. You stagger because you don't believe. The only way to believe is to go back to God and get more word in you. And stay in there until you drive unbelief out. See, we think the way we believe now is the way it's going to be when we end up. Not so. The way we believe now is half in, half out, especially if you don't have it yet. So you have yet, and it does not take forever to go from weak faith to strong faith. Don't put a time limit. The Bible says you can be healed at any time. You can be converted. Your mind will give up trying to figure out how this is going to happen and how long it's going to take and all that kind of stuff. You say, I'm just believing God. God help me to just stay focused on what you're going to do and what you're going to do alone. And it said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Staggering is what you've seen bodybuilders, you know, you've seen the Olympic things where they have to, they put the weights first up on the bars. For most people, that's where they need to leave them and just look at them and say, well, I bless the man who's able to lift that. Amen. But they want you to, you know, lift it off of there, jerk it off or whatever, or they hold it up for you and step away and let you have it. When you believe God in the natural, you're trying to believe him based on your natural ability. That's what happens to you. You stagger and you will never lift it if it's a promise from God. Because you're trying to bring something to the table to make it happen. You're trying to help God do this. By your great faith, your wonderful believing, you went seven days without cussing at somebody. You didn't watch television for about four hours. You You can't be good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, he's going to love you and give you something. You understand me? You got to believe. You got to be fully 
Persuaded. Not persuaded one day, not persuaded that, well, you know, I believe God, but sometimes there's something in us. Oh, here we go. Now you talk about impossible. You'll never root enough garbage out of you to get something on your own, on your merits, on how wonderful you live, how great a Christian you are. How long you been saved? Well, you ought to be farther than this by now. The old devil always, religious devil always telling you that nonsense. But you have to be like Abraham. He gave up trying to bring his youth back. And trying to speak to Sarah's womb and say, be alive, be alive, be alive. Because he didn't know how to remedy the problem. Got me? We have a lot of wasted confessions sometimes. He says, be fully persuaded. He said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He just didn't try to lift it anymore. He didn't try to make it happen anymore. He quit worrying about how old he was. He quit worrying about the fact that Sarah had never conceived and now God wanted to put her in that spot. But he kept thinking, I am the father of many nations. These are my kids down here and those are my kids up there. He considered not his own body. Even when he would get up slower this year than he did last year, he didn't think about it one minute. Huh? That's what Caleb did. He said, I'm just as able now at 80 as I was at 40. He said, in fact, what made me be more able is the fact that I haven't seen everybody else that don't believe you drop dead. He said, I got to be able because I'm still here. If you're still here, you're able to believe God. You hear me? If you're still here, he's able to bring it to you no matter how long. If you're still here, he's still bringing it to you. Consider not. Don't even think about it. And he says, you know, you tell that to people sometimes when they come up for prayer, they get mad at you. Because they've been waiting all service to tell you how bad things are. You got me? You can't help it. Your story can't help God heal you anyway. So he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. How? He considered not. If he didn't consider anything he brought to the table, who's going to do it all? God is. That's how strong faith gives glory to God. And trust God is the only way who can bring it to pass. It doesn't matter how old I am. God's going to bring it to pass anyway because he said so. It doesn't matter how old Sarah is because God's going to bring it to pass because he said so. That's how strong faith gives glory to God. It, It renders him the only one able to bring it to pass. Once you quit trying to figure out how you're going to do it, and I know we're all, I know the spiritual route we go. You know, oh no, I, I wouldn't think that, that because I'm too old, God couldn't do it. But what do you think is holding it up? See, instead of you getting carnal natural, now you want to get spiritual natural. Oh, I got to fast. 
Yeah. Yeah. Remember him? That's why it sounds like a foreign language to everybody. (laughs) Because it is. (laughs) For most of us. Huh? I got it. You know, and that can get to be works if you're not careful. Unless you really know that it's going to heighten your spiritual awareness and it works that way for you. You're just trying to manipulate God into moving a little faster. That's all. Huh? But see, Abraham didn't manipulate because he knew it wouldn't work. He was fully persuaded. What? That what God promises, he's able to do. In spite of your age. In spite of Sarah not ever being able to conceive. In spite of the fact that you messed up and you got another outlaw kid running around here somewhere. And a maid that you didn't have sex with and shouldn't have. You understand what I'm saying? All that stuff, all your history, in spite of your history, strong faith overlooks your faults. Overlooks your deficiencies. Overlooks what you can't bring to the table and what you can't produce. It would have to to be strong. Because if you can overlook you, you, that's a miracle in itself for most people. You understand me? Because we're always looking for, did did we do this right? We got to be, oh, you got to be, oh, you got to pray the right prayer. You got to, oh, you can't say, you can't have a bad confession. In spite of all that, Abraham looked at a hundred years old and he said, you know what? If I don't do it this year, it ain't going to get done. Because I'm about tired myself. You understand? And he was fully persuaded. Not persuaded on his spiritual days. Know how we get. And not persuaded on his carnal days. That's all that happens to us. We get over in a carnal thinking. Start feeling sorry for ourselves. Start wondering. Start trying to put it together. And that's what it means to to consider not. You can't consider what you bring or don't bring to the table. Because it doesn't matter. God has to do it all anyway. He's got to provide his righteousness. Because that's the only righteousness he acknowledges is his. And if you believe him, he imputes that. He puts that on you. Know how sometimes you can feel so good you can do no wrong? Huh? Huh? You feel so good, you act like like heaven's open to you. All of a sudden, you're the only one in there and get anything you want from God. That's righteousness. Imputed righteousness. Huh? Earned righteousness or self-righteousness considers what you do and don't do. Oh, I did this wrong and I did that right. If I can do about ten more do-rights and don't do zero do-wrongs. Then maybe he'll give it to me. You've got to be fully persuaded that you're not a problem to God anymore. You've also got to be persuaded that you're not an asset to him anymore. You're neither a problem nor an asset. You're a believer. You got me? Believers don't believe on those lines. They believe fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Guard yourself that your persuasion doesn't wane when your mind gets bored. Amen. Be fully persuaded that what he's promised, he's able also to perform. 
And when that's how you believe, Bible says it's imputed to him for righteousness. Now, does your problem materialize in that instant? I don't know. It might and it might not. You might have to hold that position for a season. It's good for you to hold a righteous position. Because maybe you'll learn how to fellowship with God, enjoy his company, and quit looking to him for goodies all the time. You understand what I'm saying? So when you walk in righteousness with God, you have fellowship with him. And you get more and more persuaded that you can ask anything and he will do it for you. That in spite of what the doctors say, you are healed. In spite of the accident that happened to you, you're healed anyway. In spite of how you feel, the pain in your body, your age, you're still healed anyway. Amen? I remember getting up one time and, and, and I got up and I was stiff. <laughs> Every day. No. But, you know, the first couple of times I thought, and, and I remember what my husband used to, he was like seven years older than, than I was. And, and he would always say, and for a while he wasn't walking with God, so he's going to have more natural problems. And so he said, oh, the older you get, just like my parents told me, you know, it gets harder and harder. You know, you have a pain every day or something like that, you know, that kind of stuff. And so my parents never talked like that. I don't remember my parents saying that at all. You know, they just, they were a little stoic. You know, they didn't complain a lot and say everything. But, you know, with being your spouse, you know, you share things. And so anyway, I, I read, somehow that came back in my head. And I would get stiff when I get up and I said, well, you know, when you get my age. And one day I finally caught myself and I thought, I don't need to explain this pain. I need to get rid of this dog. You understand what I'm saying? I need to rebuke this stinking devil. And so I got like Caleb. I said, hey, I'm well able to get up out this chair without hurting in Jesus. I'm well able. Huh? As my days are, so is my strength. I am redeemed from the curse of pain pain you can't stay here you got no business go some go next door you got to go somewhere amen and so you got to learn how to consider that's how you consider not then thoughts will come to you out of nowhere trust me the devil's been banking them up you got so many negative natural thoughts in your bank account it ain't funny but i'm telling you, you can overcome all of them Amen. With the word of God, with the blood of the lamb, to consider not. How many minutes? Consider not how you feel. Consider not your own body. Consider not symptoms. Consider, you know, the first thing the devil wants you to do is, you know, get you stuck in a symptom for a season or short while. It depends on you. And gets you embarrassed about. See, you, you're the one who attaches significance to it. Huh? He gets you to getting up slow or uh, getting up downstairs. Funny. I was, I was, uh, uh, I go out of the back door. I don't know, for some reason, ever since I was, um, uh, had my fall, devil fall, you know, my knees are a little stiff. And so I don't trust just going down the steps in succession. I go one at a time. 
So I looked on the side of the door where I go out, and the paint's rubbed off. I told shorted to Tony. I said, "Look at there." I said, "Now you can tell." I said, "If I ever move, you can always tell where I live." Because, isn't that bad to put that on yourself? And then I thought about. It. I said, "Now wait a minute. I'm not having those those evidences following me that I'm weak. You got me? I'm not having physical weak evidence following me. Amen." I better not get nowhere and commit a crime because I'm. <laughs> yeah, she's been here. I can tell. That's better than a fingerprint. But anyway, no. But I'm messing with y'all. But I'm saying this: we have to watch what we say, what we think, what we heal. But bring glory to God in what you believe. Amen. You bring glory to God. And to God, you're well able. I'm fully persuaded. What you promise, you're able also to perform. You will perform this. I will not be believing only forever. It will show up. I will get there. Because you're able to do it. In spite of my good, in spite of my bad, you're still able. Amen? Praise God. Father, we thank you. We bless you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for healing us, making us whole and helping us in everything, Lord. We honor you. We love you today. Thank you so much, Jesus, for being the healer who lives inside. Let us always understand that we can access your healing power all the time. It does not have to be far from us. So we thank you, Lord. We bless you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God and praise God again. Um, Lil Howard, put some music on. We'll pray and get some people. If you came here for prayer, come on up.